Back to Awakening Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Grant, and joined with me is my beautiful wife, Erica, the weaker vessel. Hello, everyone. If you'd like to get to know more about Awakening Reformation podcast, go to rebelalliancemedia.com. You can find our podcast, two other podcasts, Fathers of the Faith for Covenant Kids, which we record with our children. It's on church history, it's meant for families, for kids to enjoy, it's short and hopefully beneficial. You'll also find the Rebel Podcast, and that's with P-Nate and Pootie from Canada, and they are hitting it out of the park every single week, engaging culture with a biblical worldview and helping you do the same. They're so cool, those two. Aren't they just the greatest? They be slaying it. <laughs> who's also slaying it, as the children say, is Andrew and Ben Emery, who contribute to the blog. Ben also contributes to some of the... I mean, they do so much, like, behind-the-scenes stuff. Well, yeah, that's the that's the unseen stuff. It would take us way too long to give them credit for all of the good things. We need a credit reel. Yeah, we do. I mean, this is kind of the credit reel, I guess. You could it's... read it super fast. <laughs> yeah, like on those... Uh commercials commercials on the radio where they warn you like of all the terrible things that the product will do to you but it's like (laughs) so fast you don't even understand what language they're speaking or that the great deal on that car is actually not a great deal yeah yeah pretty much but that's not what we're pitching here we're actually saying ben and andrew are doing something awesome we're not trying to hide things and hey these podcasts are free but you know what's not free the stuff in our store boom but it's really cheap there's a few MP3 bundles in there, uh, an ebook by Andrew Emery on d- the history of dispensationalism. Which is good. Yeah, go check it out, rebelliancemedia.com. There's a ton of stuff on there. Um, go like us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes and your podcast catcher so you get all our new episodes and get all our new content. We love to engage with you. You will not be sorry. It's good stuff. So tonight, we have a request. We had a listener request. We were asked if we could discuss how we do family worship. Yep. And then also, they asked if we could give some tips, right? Like how we do it and some tips. Yep. So what do we mean by family worship? We don't mean that you worship your family. We don't mean (laughs) making idols out of your family. (laughs) Au contraire. Yes. No, what we're talking about is family devotions or... Worshiping God as a family. Yep. Very well put. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) And so I know a lot of people want to do this. Maybe they don't know how to start. They don't know what to use. Just read the Bible or book or... Right. There's a lot of questions. Yeah. And if it's not been modeled for you, it is super intimidating. Like... And it took us... Years to really... I mean, for most families, we're just lucky if, like, we can sit at the dinner table and, like, get through a meal without someone crying, someone spilling milk, <laughs> something... Tonight. <laughs> yes. I, I literally had a cup of milk, like, sprayed at me. Yeah. Erica was wearing milk by the end of the meal. It was an accident. It was. And there was no discipline taken. And a little girl who slipped off the bench and fell. <laughs> oh, I love Nora so much. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, so we understand how daunting any type of family activity with young children can seem. Yeah. And it, I mean, it can just be straight up frustrating. I'll admit it. There's times where we're doing, you know, we're we're doing family worship and right in the middle of it, they're, you know, with their squirrel moment and they're bringing up something that's totally unrelated. And I'm like, really? You're learning about the truths of our Heavenly Father and you got to bring that up? And you're wondering where I put your Lego creation. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> um, so, so we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about what we do, what we use. And some then- good options, some good tips. Yeah. Um. First of all, I think we should start off with like why it's important. Okay. So the two places that I always go is Deuteronomy 6 and Ephesians 6. And I'm going to read Ephesians 6, 1 through 4 real quick. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Verse 4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but, and here's the imperative, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So, very simply, we are commanded as parents to bring our children up in the discipline, in the training and instruction of the Lord. They are to know who God is, what he's like, and this is what it means to Bring your children up to know the Lord. It isn't your job to save them. I know a lot of people think, well, I'm forcing them to pray. I'm forcing them to do all this stuff. And again, if you're covenantal in your theology and Presbyterian, this is this makes a lot of sense because our kids are covenant kids. I know not everyone is, but the command is pretty clear, very clear, that we're to bring our kids up to know the God of the Bible. They are not to be brought up to know Baal yeah. or Molech or the gods of our culture. They are not supposed to be brought up that way. They're supposed to be brought so up and to instead, know the Lord. So when you say uh, things like the God of our culture, some people can be like, well, we don't really have like cultural gods. But I would protest and I would say things like if you are spending more time at ballet practice or or piano yep. practice. I mean, anything else. Yep. If, if there's more time invested there than there is as a family, you know, training and uh, raising your children to know the one living and true God, then I think that you are deceiving yourself. Yeah. And if extracurriculars are making it so that the only time your family is together hearing things about God on Sunday morning... And there's a big problem. And I think even most of the time in the the family structure where mom is taking the kids, you know, to different practices and recitals mm-hmm. and things throughout the week and dad's busy at work and there's just no time at night between homework and getting kids in bed and all these types of things for family worship, that oftentimes the type of church that that family is going to be drawn to is a type of church that is going to be more emotionally driven because Mm -hmm. it'll be a time of rejuvenation, quote unquote. And in those types of churches, oftentimes family integrated worship is not a thing, like where the children are actually sitting next to the parents and they're worshiping God together. Yeah. That typically is not that type of church. Now, I am not at all saying that like your kids can't be in ballet and karate and whatever else 
Like you, you go it's for it. It's a priorities it. thing and it's a check your heart thing. I mean, they could go to the Olympics or something. I don't know. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that that should never be a higher priority than making sure you're worshiping with your kids during the week and on Sunday. Yeah. And Deuteronomy 6 is where the daily imperative is at. The daily command comes right. from Deuteronomy 6. So there's no like, well, then we'll just pick a day or two. God said, when you rise throughout the day, when you're going about your business and at night, the training your children um, up in the Lord should be happening all day, every day. Yep. I mean, just admit, like, that that just doesn't happen all the time because lives are so busy. So you must just set aside a moment of the day that is that everyone is paying attention and understands what's going on and is being taught and trained. Yep. So... What do we do? So, say you want to do this. It's a yeah. really good idea. That sounds like something I would like sounds... to do. We're not saying that, like, because ballet practice is an hour, you have to do it for, and we do family worship for an hour. Nope. I mean, that's not at all what we're saying either. So, you want to do this. How long do you do that for? How long? How long is a decent amount of time for family worship? I would say 15 minutes. That should be your goal? Yeah. And give or take 15 minutes, 15 minutes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, depending on the age of your children and your life stage. Yep. This is going to vary from night to night. Yeah. So, so have that target. And if you really think about 15 minutes, that's not long. No, your kids it's can really sit down long. and watch a 30 minute episode of their favorite cartoon. Uh-huh. They can sit down for 15 minutes and discuss something with you um, as a family. Yeah. Too easy. So I would say 15 minutes. Um, I mean, if your kids can take it longer than that, they can take it. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that sounds terrible. <laughs> okay, if your if your kids can last longer than fifteen minutes and they're enjoying it, praise God. We do have those nights. Yeah, there are nights where the kids are asking me questions, and it goes longer, and it's awesome. Yeah, and then there are other nights where it's not fifteen minutes. It's it's like the take fifteen minutes mm-hmm. from from that goal. And I just pray and or I make each each kid pray something mm-hmm. and I close and we're done in two minutes just yeah. just to pray. And and in the prayer, um, parent, you can you well you are teaching your kids how to pray by how you pray. And you can also the things that you petition God for the things that you praise and thank God for they are going to learn to be thankful for those things throughout their day. To be oh, conscious of those things. Right. Yeah. You're, you're, you're training in your prayer. And I've noticed this. I noticed it recently with Eddie. Mm-hmm. And he was praying after a time of discipline. <laughs> but he was, it was, it was, it was awesome. He was immediately beginning the prayer um, with, you know, Thanksgiving, which is what I try and tell them, you know, we don't start out asking, we start out thanking and praising God. And um, and Eddie was thanking God that he got to live in his wonderful world. And thank you, God, for letting me be a member of your holy church. <laughs> and I was like, this is so good. Eddie was rocking it. So, so know that even if the only time afforded you that night is prayer, that is still instructing and beneficial. Your kids yeah. And beneficial. Well, I think the goal of family worship is not to just check a box. 
So it's not to be like, okay, Monday through Friday, this is what we're doing. Check the box. Just Mm -hmm. like we check the box for recitals or for our practices. Like those are all check a box, right? Family worship ought not be that way. Family worship ought to be a time when you are, in fact, worshiping God together. Right. It should be a delight. Yeah, it should be a delight. There should be cheerful obedience amongst the parents and the children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is going – your attitude is going to reflect in your children as well. So if you are frustrated and angry and irritated and just kind of annoyed that you have to be doing this. If you're begrudging it. If you're like, gosh, I'm so tired. I just want to get these kids to bed so that I can go to bed. That's going to be reflected in how you worship God. And then they're going to learn that's how I can worship God too. When I'm tired, when I'm frustrated, I don't have to joyfully – obey and worship God, I can do it out of frustration or obligation. Yeah, they'll grow up looking at their watch during the sermon at church. Yeah. And this is just true of everything. I mean, when we are training our children just to, you know, be decent human beings throughout right. the day, not having nothing to do with, you know, family worship, just don't hate your sister or whatever, <laughs> you know, or clean up your room or make your bed or whatever it is, yeah, we, we demand of them immediate cheerful obedience Mm -hmm. you know i don't want to hear you moan and groan and say i don't want to do it or whatever it's cheerful and immediate and so when we're doing family worship it should be cheerful and immediate you know we're not gonna have to call you eight times for you to come downstairs and do it and like there is an attitude that needs to be fostered in Mm -hmm. us so that it reflects in our children as well and targeted we want their heart Yep. We don't want nobody would admit and say I'm I really hope I raise some Pharisees. Right. We want their heart. We want to say, "Hey, what what is what's going on? Um how come you don't want to worship God with us right now?" Go for their heart. Yeah. You know, I mean, they they should be obeying immediately like Erica was saying. But if they're not, the discipline comes in going after their heart and the training goes it comes in going after their heart and showing them that their their attitude the you know what's coming out of their heart right now is ungodly right i've had friends who've said things like when family worship gets out of hand like the kids cannot sit still they're wrestling on the floor and like it's just wild and insane um i don't know what to do i feel overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and i have actually heard other people give advice that would say that's okay as long as they're under the table hearing something, no, it's okay. And first of all, I would push back against that because you are training them to sit still and you're training them that this is a proper way to worship God. Mm-hmm. When we worship God, wherever it is, there's a proper way and a proper posture on our behalf that exalts God. And one of those ways is not like wrestling your brother under the table. Yeah, they're not they're they're not gonna hear it. They're not gonna Well, even hear if they do hear a couple words, it still isn't the proper like the point of it isn't just hearing the words. The point of it is to understand what you are doing as well right. as hearing You're the words. You're stopping these yeah. things and doing this thing. Yes. And And there's a discipline to that. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, it might be super over- overwhelming in that moment. So then you pause. You say just a minute. Hopefully, it's mom and dad. In ideal situations, mom yeah. and dad both doing family worship. Right. Maybe this is where mom comes in and says, all right, baby, you keep leading in family worship. I am going to take said child to the bathroom. We are going to have some discipline. 
in which you would explain to your child, this is what you're doing. You're sinning against mom and dad. You're sinning against God because you're not being obedient. When we worship God, we worship God in such a way that we don't wrestle on the ground. As a family together. Well, we don't we don't wrestle on the ground right. while we're worshiping him. Yeah. That is not how he's prescribed for us to worship him. <laughs> God is a God of order. You are not acting very orderly right now. You right. know, and like there's training even there. It shouldn't yep. be overwhelming. It should be like this is God giving you a special one on one time to disciple this child. Yeah. Exactly. And that's okay. Don't be overwhelmed. Take it as like, God has given me this moment to discipline this child in this way. And this is going to be beneficial in this child's life at some point in the future. And that's why God is enabling me to this good work. Yeah, that's really good, babe. So what do you do? Um, So we said that the time could be around 15 minutes. And then even some nights is just a prayer and that that's beneficial too. Um, I've done several things. I learned quickly that trying to stick to one thing bores them. Does, doesn't always work yeah. and doesn't sometimes bores them or sometimes they lose interest or sometimes they forget where where you were in you know the book of the bible or something and so it's hard for them to continue on so i've just done different things and some nights i will just do something completely random and just share with them a certain doctrine hey guys i want to talk to you about justification you know what justification is in the bible or yeah, something so we've done things like what do christian what do these christian words mean mm-hmm. we've also done things like catechizing um yep. learning different catechisms um we have done reading the pilgrim's progress and other books mm-hmm. and then talking about concepts christian concepts from those books we've also done times where we were memorizing a psalm mm-hmm. last summer we memorized Psalm 1 and Psalm 110. And so every night was was spent memorizing the psalm and going through and memorizing another verse that night and everyone would take their turn you know trying to get it right and mm-hmm. it kind of that actually was kind of fun because everyone was kind of trying to get it first. The kids and, recently have been memorizing the 10 commandments in order. Right. Um and like quoting each commandment. And so like we kind of we'll change it up. Yep. I was reading a lot of, I don't think we finished, but we were reading a lot of 1 Samuel. So the stories of David, you know, as a boy and killing Goliath and becoming king. And I just wanted to read that period of history to them. During Christmas, we did Advent. We did Mm -hmm. our Advent with our kids. And that was so much fun. So this is going to differ once again based on the age of your children. When our yeah. kids were little kids, like babies, like we had three kids, three and under. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we had literally, yeah. you know, three in diapers at one point, I think. And um, so, yeah, so family worship at that stage pretty much just looked like singing a song and praying with our kids and trying yep. to teach them a little bit of catechism. Mm-hmm. I think it was mostly New City Catechism at that point. Yeah, and that was very good. That was very helpful. And it was, yeah, and they did memorize a lot. I know a lot of people say, like, oh, my two, my three-year-old can't memorize anything. That's too much for them. Your kids memorize, like, theme songs from their cartoons, and they can sing they them. memorize... Taylor Swift songs. Thinking, was that Baby Shark song? I mean, your kids I mean, are capable of so much more than what you give them credit for. And I say this all the time. The world is going to catechize your kids, whether you like it or not. Yeah, for sure. So you need to be catechizing them 
with Absolutely. the word of God. Yep. And there might be some pushback because maybe learning the chief end of man is not as entertaining as baby shark. Mm-hmm. But that's, once again, like cheerful obedience when you ask your kid, like, hey, you know, whatever your name is, child, like, what Mephibosheth. is... the chef. Sure, sure, that one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey chef. what is the chief end of man? Can you tell me? And they're like, I don't want to do this. This is boring or whatever, uh-huh. you know, whatever fit the child is pitching at the moment then you take them aside and you say this is not an appropriate response for me right now right and then you disciple them and that's okay it might take months of you just training your child that this is how we worship god this is why we worship god and all of that is okay it may not happen overnight it may not be like this norman rockwell painting that's okay that's yeah. all part of discipleship. If anyone has ever discipled anyone, you know it's not all roses. Yep. There is a lot of dirty, grimy things that you have to work through. It's no different in training up your children. Nope. Oh, another thing you could do, shameless plug, is play an episode of Fathers of the Faith. Yeah. For Covenant Kids. All of our podcast episodes are between like seven and ten minutes. So hit play on that. Have them lay down in their beds or... Or whatever. Around the table or yeah. whatever. Say, hey, we're just going to listen to this real quick for family worship tonight. Hit and then play. as they're listening, you write down a couple questions. And after it's done, just simply ask them yeah. to restate whatever was taught to them. Yeah. A little check on learning. Yep. So that's another thing you could do. If you have teenagers that are older. I would read. I would read decent like books with like a teenager. You yeah. Know? Like preteen. Like I'm talking like 13 and up. You could easily yeah. get... Lewis Burkhoff's Manual of Christian Doctrine yeah. and just read through very brief paragraphs and break down right. some theology and some yeah. doctrine for your teenagers and your preteens and stuff. That would be super helpful. Yeah. And do stuff like read Pilgrim's Progress. Read some C.S. Lewis. Yeah. And some of N.D. Wilson are... has some really good books. Yep. Um, that was N.D. Wilson. Yes. And I was kind of talking over you, so... Yeah. His if you good. have all daughters, there are probably really great resources out there. I know that um, Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth has some videos on YouTube called True Woman. Mm-hmm. And there's True Woman 101 and True Woman 102. You could put on an episode of those. They're free on YouTube. I think there's like four or five to each yeah. series. And it talks about the complementarian woman. You could lay into that and teach your daughters that. Yep. I mean, my daughters have listened to it and they are five and almost nine. And they love her. They love Nancy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so really if you have all daughters, you could do that. If you have all boys, you could do Doug Wilson's. Doug Wilson's book, Future Men, Yeah, was really good about... Uh, manhood, masculinity, and raising boys. Um, so you could read that and then talk about some of it. That would be for with older. Boy. That would be for older boys. Yeah, junior high, older high school would be good. And then, I mean, I read the book just on my own. Um, but you can you can go outside the bounds of just like a devotional that you find inside of the Christian bookstore. Yeah, which are usually junk anyway. Yeah, it's usually awful. So those are just some simple suggestions that we have had. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you guys have really good ideas, things that you've done in your families, when we post this on Facebook, 
you should go on underneath in the comment section and just give your yes. ideas because we would love to hear what you guys have done, yeah. especially if you have older kids because we our oldest is n- almost nine. So we're looking at the next, you know, life stage, preteen, teenagers and right. thinking what can we do next? So if you have wisdom, especially for kids that age, we're all ears. We would love to hear your comments. Yeah. Two things I'm thinking right now that I want to say. One is that um, there will never be a good time in the day to do this. And what I mean is if you're just waiting for that perfect time when everything is settled down and everyone is just sitting around the table quietly waiting for Father to share the truths of the Lord, (laughs) this is never going to happen. There's never going to be a good time. So you will just have to make the time. You will just have to stop everything and just say, guys, come in here. You know, we're doing this. And you just, it's just, it takes a proactive attitude to just do it. And sometimes it's super difficult. But then my second thought is, even though it's super difficult, and sometimes it's really hard to get the kids to really pay attention. And sometimes it's hard for you too as the parent. Sometimes your heart is not in place and you need to repent. Yep. And with that, though, when you do it, it is so rewarding. And some nights are going to be so rich and the kids come back with stuff that is profound or they're asking great questions and they're really enjoying it. So those nights are great. But then you're going to see fruit of it later, too. And you're going to hear them say things and you're like, oh, that was what we that was what we talked about. Or you're going to hear them pray like I shared the story with Eddie and um, and there's uh anyway there's just the kids randomly say stuff and it just brings you so much joy and you're like this is so worth it this is why you know this is one of those um awesome benefits of of doing this and raising kids in the lord yep so i just encourage you with that you will never regret it yeah how could you yeah how could you ever regret that so yep you may regret the ballet lessons one day you may regret all the money you put in to teach your child guitar and They'll never play guitar or like Mm -hmm. whatever, but you will never look back on the time and the money invested into raising your children in godliness. You will never look back on that and regret it ever. In fact, when I have talked to parents of teenagers and young adults, I have often heard them say, I wish I had done more. I wish I had taught them more. Yeah. That's always the response I hear. Never like, man, I wasted a bunch of time. All those evenings I spent catechizing them. What a waste of time. I've never heard anyone say that. And I've never heard any child, even growing up, you know, Presbyterian or, you know, Reformed Baptist or whatever, say, man, I wish my parents wouldn't have catechized me. I wish my parents wouldn't have taken me to church. I wish my parents wouldn't have taught me the ways of the Lord. I've never heard any child who is walking faithfully with the Lord say Mm -hmm. that. And even ones that don't, even ones that grow up and don't walk with the Lord, still will see value in the self-discipline that was taught to them and the diligence that was taught to them while their parents were just simply teaching them to sit still or listen and take instruction. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you also just can't emphasize enough the importance of raising our children godly, especially in our culture and how they are bombarded with YouTube and Instagram and all this kind of stuff. Right now, this whole Momo thing is going on. and I am Momo. Erica is... Don't don't admit that. You're going to get in trouble. 
I mean, I'm not actually Momo. My face just looks like it. It really doesn't. But anyway, but the, the news story that we saw was this kid that you could tell from the story was put to bed by their mom with a smartphone with YouTube kids on it for just hours, it seemed like. Yeah, she put him to bed with a smartphone and gave him YouTube kids thinking it would be safe. Well, and, First and you're of all, telling me you're not... When you put your kid away by themselves for hours on end with any device that is capable of connecting to the internet, it is not safe. Agreed. Fact. And, but these kids, by all of those cartoons and all this stuff, are being catechized and trained and... All it takes is this one thing. Momo. Momo. And it's terrifying this kid. But if you've not, if you have no idea what Momo is, it's this like weird, distorted face looking thing. Which is why it does not look like Erica. Go on, babe. <laughs> it kind of does. Anyway, <laughs> and it, like it's popping up on children's videos on YouTube. Yeah. And it's telling them to like kill themselves, to stab their parents, it's all really kinds terrible. of weird demonic things. Yeah. And. And that's blatant and overt and explicit, but the world is still teaching, it's still lying to them Yeah. over and over and over again in some of the quote unquote harmless things that are on the internet. But again, it's, they're being trained. Well, they think, are going to be catechized. So what are you going to do about it? I think one of the points that you were going to make too was that this mother put her, child, her child to bed for hours to watch this, mm -hmm. this, you know, whatever it basically wanted to watch on YouTube. And that was her washing her hands of her responsibility of her child. Like, yeah, here you exactly. go. This device can raise you for the next three hours before I turn your, you know, light off and take my phone back. Or, or before the phone dies. Yeah, whatever it, it was, you and know. I'm, and the other thing to add on to that is this kid had this phone for, for that long and the mom couldn't just spend, you know, a few minutes with the kid. Well, the mother didn't even find out what was going on until the boy started to not want to go to bed at night, and he was scared. Yeah, he wasn't and, sleeping. And he wasn't sleeping, and so the mom took him to a child psychologist who basically found out that this boy had been watching a slew of videos on YouTube mm -hmm. where this Momo character was popping up and creeping yeah. him out. Yeah, she didn't even know what he was watching. She wasn't even connected enough to... I mean, and they weren't connected enough as a mother and a child where he even felt like he could go to his mom and say, hey, mom, this is freaking me out. What is this? Yeah, or hey, this creepy thing popped up on my YouTube kids. And this is not like a two-year-old. This was a seven-year-old child who mm -hmm. was very capable of saying, yeah. mom, what is this? Yeah, exactly. So... So, I, yeah, it's all that to say that the nurture and the effect you can have on your kids is so important to take advantage of, to do, to invest in. Yep. So your children are sponges and just a YouTube video like that, just a couple days now, and it's everywhere. Yep. Because kids are impressionable. Yep. And probably, I mean, God made them that way, and that's also why I told parents to... Raise them. Raise your children yeah. this way, because they are impressionable, and they need to be affected and influenced by godly things. Yep. So... And you pray a lot. Like, you, we cannot overstate yeah. this. If there is something that is going on in your heart or the heart of your spouse, and there's some type of disconnect in the fellowship of your home, it will be felt in your children as well. You cannot have your heart and your marriage be in a rocky place and expect your children to be flourishing. Mm -hmm. So you pray and you ask God, 
to, you know, reveal sin in your own heart, to be the one who binds your family together, and you strive for fellowship as a family, and then you pray that God would use your efforts in the lives of your children and that he would grow, grow these little saplings up into strong oak trees. That's right. And dads, this is you taking lead too. You don't wait around and and see if you know if you have a wife that maybe isn't on board right away or or isn't joining you to do it. You are the leader of the home, and how you lead is going to affect your whole family. Mm-hmm. So you need to be the one to step out first. Just grab your Bible, plop it down on the table, and be like, "We're going to read something." Yep. And just do it. You know, take charge of the spiritual welfare of your family. And the wife, you are the helpmate. That means mm-hmm. when the child is acting up. Step up. Like, don't make it to where your husband can't continue to lead. Help him out. If he needs help, finding a verse. Be the one to help your kids wrestle through their Bible to find the verse. I mean, help him. Be the one who's supporting him and, you know, lifting his hands like an Aaron. That was really good, babe. Thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) And I just want to encourage the families that are doing this, that may be in the middle of that struggle whether they have young kids that are still being trained or you just are really resonating and relating to the struggle that this can be i just want to encourage you good job good on you praise god that you're doing this keep at it the fruit will come you've probably already seen some of the fruit but it will come god promises that it'll come yep and um and like like erica said we only have we have eight seven five-year-old and just in those short years of doing this, fumbling around for a lot, a lot of the first years. I mean, that's basically what it is. is we can't do everything awesome. perfectly. You know, we won't, we will not be yeah. able to raise our children perfectly. We are flawed humans ourselves. Yeah. That's where the grace of God comes in. He covers our mistakes, and He's the one that causes the growth. It's not us. Yeah. We just need to be obedient vessels. Yep. Yeah, and your kids are entrusted to you by God and you're just there to plant the seeds and water it God is the one that'll bring the increase in his time and in his own way Mm -hmm. so trust the Lord and I just want to encourage those families that are already doing this if you haven't yet get to it yep and again like Erica said post in the comments of things that you use um, or that you do in your family worship that have that have worked well, or maybe even ones that don't work well. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that'd be kind of fun, too, if we just yeah. did, like, the worst family worship experience you've ever had. Oh, that would be great. That would be really funny, I'm sure. Like, family worship nightmare stories. Family worship fails. Yeah. Oh, that that's awesome. Yeah, please share your stories. That would be awesome to hear. So, all right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this, and we hope it was encouragement. We thank you for listening. Don't forget to like, share. And subscribe to Rebel Alliance Media so that way you get all the new episodes. We really appreciate it. We pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened by the power of the Spirit. And until next time, get woke. Yeah. Let's start with the microphone check. One, two, first. Water to the dry and weary soul of the true church. The kind of things that few search. They say that the truth hurts. Well, this pain is gained, so let's explain the new birth. First things first, can't neglect this at the start. I must preface my remarks with the deadness of the heart. From original sin, the effects of the fall. The sin of our first parents brought death to us all. Since Adam was our federal head, what he did counted for us. In him were all rebels and dead. Yo, captured in the mind, disaster, sin and crimes in a dark. 
York State Alaska in the winter time, shower in our frames Left to ourselves, we be devoured in the flames Cause we're powerless to change If you feel that way, I pray that you respond happily As you see what Jesus had to say in John chapter 3 Verse 1 is my thesis, it's the deepest Truth that should get you speechless What scripture teaches will fill in the missing pieces Picture Jesus meeting up with Nicodemus Perhaps it was fright about the other Pharisees Wicked spite against Christ that turned this into naked night He called the rabbi and gave him props Said he was a teacher from God Jesus replied, made him stop Regarding the kingdom of God, no one's going in In fact, you can't even see it unless you're born again That must have consumed and stretched his mind Cause he said, can a man enter his mother's womb a second? Time? Naturalistically, the only way for him to hear it Jesus said you must be born of the water and the spirit No other way to enter heaven That sounds like Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27 In this new birth, the spirit is the source and the agent The water symbolizes spiritual purification Flesh can only produce flesh, that's true and factual Regenerating work of the spirit is supernatural It's kind of like the wind, which is free East to west can't perceive the steps You can only see its effects In the same way the Holy Spirit chooses who he pleases to sovereignly open their eyes to the truth of Jesus For the spirit's mysterious operation uh -huh. We would all be under serious condemnation I'd still be rejecting the sun If God hadn't said let there be light Like Genesis 1 yeah. And just like the light could not refuse to shine Irresistible grace has renewed my mind Let's exalt the king who died and truly is risen Jesus. The new birth is not the effect of human decision But the cause It changes our natural habitation The situation It's a radical transformation I was cursed and polluted So my dirt was inexcusable With new internal his person is beautiful, his worth is indisputable The lamb is amazing, a standing ovation for his work in the crucible So let us respond with true worship and love To the God who has given new birth from above